On my masterclass last week, I announced my upcoming five-week journey to help you shift and transmute some of the lower-level emotions of grief. You can find all the details at lorilatimer.lpages.co forward slash transmuting dash emotions. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. I created this program because so many of you have asked me how I navigated the first year of my grief journey in the way that I did and how I'm able to do what I'm doing. I believe that being able to shift my emotions and raise my vibration made all the difference for me. In this new course, I'll take you through the same process to help you release some of the layers of emotions that you're carrying. And if you missed my masterclass and would like to watch the replay, or if you have any questions about my upcoming Transmuting Emotions course, email me at info at lorilatimer.com. All right, let's get to today's episode. Welcome to Grief with Grace, the podcast for mothers who have children in spirit and who are now navigating life after the unimaginable. I'm your hostess, Lori Latimer, and I am one of those mothers. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing with you insights, stories, tools, and inspirations to help you find moments of joy in the everyday. Because even on the darkest days, there is joy if you know how and where to look for it. I have a question for you. Did the world stop when your child left this life and you were thrown into grief unlike anything you'd ever experienced? I doubt that it did because I know that it didn't for me. The world doesn't stop when we're grieving. I remember the first time I went to the grocery store after Greg left this life last year. It was almost like it was almost like an out-of-body experience. I was there, but I felt like the world was going on around me. I was watching it, but I wasn't part of it. It was just, it. if you've had that experience, I know you know what I'm talking about. It's very hard to describe, but it's very, it's one of those memories or one of those things that's like seared into your memory. You know, thinking back on it, I understand why, you know, not that long ago in history, people took an entire year to mourn. But in our crazy, busy, fast-paced society, most people now are given three days off for bereavement. Three days. That is insane. The expectations to get back to life and to business as usual is unrealistic at best. And it's really unhealthy and dangerous. And unfortunately, it's often us who put those expectations on ourselves. You know, as I record this in, ooh, it's late September of 2020, I'm almost 21 months into this journey since Greg passed away, and I'm over six years into my grief journey since my mom left this life. But you know what? There are still times I catch myself putting some unreal expectations on myself, and this past week was one of those times. So much of technology is a mystery to me, and it always will be, and I've made peace with that. I'm cool with that. So I have learned to hire out what I know that I can't do or what isn't worth my time getting all twisted up around. I'll try to figure things out. But then I get to a point where I'm spending more time and energy than it's worth to me. And so I'll hire it out. So I held my masterclass this week. And I have to tell you, I had more than my share of tech challenges during that experience. And you're probably wondering, what in the world does this have to do with grief? Well, I promise you, stick with me. You'll, you'll see, I'll, I'll circle back around and, and uh, it'll become very apparent. 
But when I did the masterclass this week, it was the first time I had done one using Zoom. And there were so many moving pieces to this whole thing from writing a series of emails to be sent out to creating almost a hundred slides for the presentation. And I'm not a graphics person, so this can be challenging, but there are tools, a lot of free tools out there that make me look like I'm some really um, creative and artistic graphic designer when I'm not, but it's amazing what's available out there for us today. So I'm kind of getting off track there, but um, I also had to create a sales page and a series of emails for that. I had to practice this whole thing because sharing my, I'm really good with Zoom. I can do breakout rooms like a pro. I can move people around, but to screen share, do a slideshow presentation in Zoom, remember what it was that I wanted to say. Yeah, that's, that was a challenge. So much technology is involved. Now the masterclass itself was a really good experience. I loved it. But then came the after show, the after party. Um, And I'm being really sarcastic there, but from a glitchy recording to email issues, well, It would have been really easy for me to get completely frustrated with all of it and react really poorly. And part of this happened on Friday evening after I had had this long week. I had had very little sleep the night before. I babysat my grandchildren. I sat in ridiculous traffic getting home. It took me almost an hour and a half to get home when it should have taken me half that time or less. Um, so I was, I was done. I was just done. And it's when we are in situations like that, where our energy is low, when we're drained, when we're exhausted, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, that we can just lash out at ourselves and at other people. Um, you know, in today's world, especially in 2020, for heaven's sake, our patience can be short, both with ourselves and with others. Add all the emotions of grief into the mix And that's a recipe for disaster. It can be so easy to have a really short fuse. And we all know how quickly things can devolve from there, right? So this is where I'm going to circle back to grief and how this all pertains to grief. So instead of reacting poorly and letting shame or embarrassment set in, I chose something different. I chose a different path and a different experience. I chose to allow myself to feel compassion compassion for myself and for others who were involved and responding with compassion rather than, um, rather than reacting with frustration and impatience completely shifted the experience. So I wanted to use this as an example and kind of a teaching moment. So I want to share three things with you that can help you to stay out of the reactionary, impatient, short fuse energy that we can all very quickly end up in and instead choose something like self-compassion. Now you might choose something different. You might choose a different feeling or response like gratitude or empathy, whatever it is you'd rather choose. Here are three ways to make it easier to choose the most positive response. And I'm going to use self-compassion through most of this because that was what I chose. So first spend less time on social media and media in general. 
over the last couple of weeks, I have been cutting way back on my time on social media and I can feel the difference in every aspect of my life. I know I'm as addicted to social media as most people are. Yes, I use it as a business tool and I love keeping up with old friends and new friends um, on it. But if I'm really honest with myself, I know I spend way too much time just endlessly scrolling through my social media feeds. And with all the chaotic energy in the world right now, the last thing anyone needs is to be constantly stuck and mired in that that low-level energy. And the same is true for the media in general. I'll tell you, I stopped watching most news programs of any kind, local news or cable news, when I cut out my long commute to the law office I worked at back in 2009. I used to watch the news in the morning for years to hear the traffic reports so that I would know what to expect on my 40-mile commute in the mornings. But I was also taking in all the negative news stories and all the negative energy. That is no way to begin a new day. And then add on a 40-mile commute in traffic to that. Yeah, it's no wonder that I went through more than one divorce and I was unhappy in so many areas of my life. So the difference in no longer starting and ending my day with that energy because my former husband used to listen to the news um, all the time. So it was always on in the background, even if I wasn't in the room. So not starting and ending my day with that energy, um, the shift in my life, the difference it's made in my life was more than I could have ever imagined. And, you know, here's something fascinating at one point, and I don't remember even when this was, but I realized that if anything really important happened, I'd hear about it through people I interact with in my daily life. So why would I give any of my precious time and energy to all that negativity? I no longer watch the news. And don't misunderstand, I'm very well informed and very well aware of current events of all types, but I'm very selective about where I choose to get my information from and how much time I spend getting it. So I invite you to look at what you consume in the way of media and social media on a daily basis. It can be really easy on social media to get caught up in other people's grief stories and their energy. And I recognized this early on in the first year of my grief journey from reading posts in some of the Grieving Moms Facebook groups and I realized the effect that it was having on me. And so I stepped away from most of those groups. And that's why, and if you're in my Facebook group, you know this is true. The energy that is in my group is much different from those other groups. And I'm not saying it's better. It's just different. And there are some people who are drawn to it and there are some people who aren't. That's okay. It's just an alternative to some of what else is available out there. So If, you know, the question you need to ask yourself and the question I ask myself all the time is when I remember, because it is something that I can easily forget, but, you know, is what you consume, whether it's physical food or whether it's energetically through social media or regular media or people you interact with, anything in your life, anything you do, anyone you're around Is what you consume feeding you or is it depleting you? If it's depleting you, it's going to affect your energy and your emotions in a 
lower level way. I'm not going to say a bad way, but it's going to keep you in the lower level energy and the lower level emotions. Um, So choose wisely. Now, the second thing you can do is to set very clear boundaries, both with yourself and with other people. I know when it's time for me to pull back and engage in really extreme self-care. If I'm depleted in any way, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, it's going to cause me to be short-tempered. Last night would have been a perfect example. If I hadn't been aware of the space I was in, again, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I was drained in all those areas. If I hadn't been aware of that, my evening could have turned out very differently. But I'm always checking in with myself to see where I am. If I need to take a nap, you can be sure I did it. And guess what? That's exactly what I did yesterday. When I got home, I walked my dog and I don't even remember what time it was. It might've been around three o'clock, but I sat down and instead of opening up my computer and checking email or any of that, I sat down, I got quiet and still I tuned in with myself and I got up and I went into the bedroom and I laid down. And I took a nap for an hour. And when I got up, I felt so much better. You know, another example, if I need to drink more water, I do that. If I receive an invitation of any kind, I'll check in with myself internally to see if it's something that will nourish me or if it'll deplete me. And if it's something that will deplete me, I say no with grace and kindness, but I still say no. If anyone else has an issue with that, It's just that. It's their issue. I don't take it on as my own. I don't allow guilt to set in because that can take you way down too. Guilt is a very low vibrational energy. I talked about that in the master class. You know, boundaries are really a sign of self-worth. And I see so many bereaved moms who've fallen into a lot of um, self-punishment and low self-worth. It's almost as if, and this is usually totally subconsciously, they think that they need to punish themselves because their child is no longer physically here. So they have really poor boundaries. Setting loving boundaries, both with ourselves and others, is one of the quickest ways to shift out of any self-punishment or other harmful energies or behaviors that we might be engaging in. And the third thing that you can do is to ask for what you need. You know, looking back now, I kind of laugh at myself, but I used to think that people should just automatically know what I needed. It was so clear to me, so why wasn't it clear to them? Well, I now understand that one of my intuitive gifts, and I am highly sensitive and highly intuitive, I didn't used to, you know, I might have known that on some level, but I would never, ever have owned it or admitted it. But I now know that one of my intuitive gifts is reading other people. So I can generally pick up on what people feel and what they need. And it took me a long time before I realized that not everyone is or should be like that. And unfortunately, I tend to see this more as a trait in women. It's not a judgment. It's not a, a negative or a positive in any way. It just It's just an observation. But unfortunately, most women have been taught that it's a sign of weakness to ask for help, to seem like you, oh my God, need help, that you actually might need something, that you're vulnerable in any way. Yeah, I'm sure you can relate. And so we don't. 
We act like we don't need anyone or anything. But the truth is that we do. And when we don't ask for help, we get frustrated. We become impatient. We lash out at people because they aren't helping us or they aren't helping us in the way that we need. Well, they don't, they don't do those things. They don't know to do those things. They don't know what we need or what we want because we didn't let them know. And this is often another sign of a self-worth issue. Our child isn't here anymore, so I don't deserve to feel good or to have anything that I truly want in life. It's this twisted, misguided perception of things. I know I felt it. I used an example in the masterclass the other night of um, the first week that Greg was no longer physically here. It was it was a beautiful, uh, sunny, warm for January day in Atlanta when he left this life. But a couple days later, it got cold because it was winter time here. And I remember thinking at one point that week how cold I was and thinking, well, I should be cold. I deserve to be cold. I shouldn't be comfortable. I shouldn't be warm because Greg's not here anymore. So why should I? I mean, just the, the you know, if you've experienced anything similar to that, any thought similar to that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Having, but here's the thing, having compassion for yourself is one of the first and easiest, maybe not easiest, maybe simplest. Simple is a better word. So it's one of the first and simplest ways to climb out of that low level energy. Now, I wish that I could say I've been this way and shown compassion in myself and others all my life, but I'm human and I haven't always done this. Learning to shift and transmute my emotions and energy and raising my, my vibration has changed that. And it's brought so much peace to my life in a way that I never, ever had experienced. What it can do is it can soften things when they're spinning out of control. It just can bring you back into a space of harmony and and love, self-love and love for others. It opens your heart. It expands your capacity for self-love, for self-compassion, for grace. And it allows life to be so much more beautiful. So, you know, the next time that you feel yourself depleted and exhausted and just done with, with anything or everything, you know, take yourself through those steps. Look at what you're consuming. Look at where you can be more compassionate. Look at where you can set stronger boundaries, right? And look at where you can ask someone for help and see how that shifts your experience. I promise you it will. There really is no need to punish ourselves. Life is too short for that. And for whatever time we have left on this planet in this life, we deserve to feel good. Our children don't want us to be miserable and punish ourselves. And I know that as I say that, that might trigger some of you. And if it does, look at why that is and how you can use these steps I just outlined to shift that. So I would love to have you join me in my upcoming course. I will help you shift and transmute one emotion associated with grief each week. And we'll go on a journey that'll shift your entire grief experience. So again, go to laurielatimer.co forward slash L pages forward slash transmuting dash emotions for all the details. 
We start in less than two weeks on October 12th. The investment is super affordable for everyone because I believe this is something every mom who has a child in spirit needs to support her. I received a question via email the other day asking if this is open to someone who has not lost a child, whose child is not in spirit. If that is you, email me, reach out to me, and we'll have a conversation around that, okay? Um, if you have any other questions about the program, if you need a payment plan, email me at info at lorilatimer.com. And again, I'm happy to have a conversation with you. All right. That's it for this week's episode. And I will see you next week for another episode of the Grief with Grace for Grieving Moms podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Grief with Grace podcast. Be sure to join our Facebook community and follow me on Instagram at at Lori underscore Latimer. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you receive a reminder when new episodes are uploaded. And please leave a rating and review so I can continue to bring you fresh new content each week. If you find this podcast valuable, and I hope you do, please be sure to share it with a mom who could use a little extra support. Until next week, I invite you to find a moment of joy today and every day.